This is season one, episode two, Money Talks, Money Matters with Darian Williams. This podcast, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, how to get into real estate, education, and future goals and future aspirations. Um, I got the man, the myth, legend right here. Thank you for having me. My name is Darian Williams, like you said. Right, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Um, so I see a lot on your social media. You love to post real estate, and especially real estate photography. Would you like to just, just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So it's actually kind of crazy because I have to, before I start that, I have to kind of go back to how I even got there. So um, when I was in high school, I planted a lot of seeds. I talked to a lot of people. And every, like, as, when I say plant a lot of seeds, I did a lot of free shoots for people. So, hey, if you need something, I'm here for you, whatever you need. And I was kind of just dropping my name in everyone's like mind, basically. So then fast forward about a year, I had a friend that I haven't even met in person, but he just knew a group of a group. It was like a very mutual friend. And then he knew a realtor who got me a connection. And the realtor, once a single realtor said, I need some videos. And that was my first experience into real estate shoots as a whole, but this was videos. And I hit it off pretty well. We started, we signed a, a deal for a single month of just videos and we didn't actually sign anything, but it was more word of mouth. And the deal actually fell through and he didn't pay the second down payment, the second payment for the, the, the 50% up front, 50% after. So when I got into that, and that was my first experience with using any realtors. And I, got, I, I kind of got screwed over, but I'm really glad that I handled it the right way because what ended up happening was um, when he called me a couple days after he was supposed to pay me, um, I didn't attack him. I took this very professionally and I said, hey, what's happening? What's going on? Are you okay? And I almost was there from even though he was expecting the fight as well because he knew what he did was wrong. And then he took that in a very good way and said, actually, you deserve better. I can link you to my mentor. I, he'll treat you better than I will. And I was kind of skeptical because I was like, uh, I already worked with you. Yeah. Anyone that's tied with you is probably just as bad, but let me go with it. And then I set up the meeting, come to find out that this realtor was the fourth best realtor in the country. And we hit it off really well in the meeting. And then I became his um, personal in-house real estate photographer. And my company signed a contract with his company. So now we're doing some really good stuff. And then he has a team of over 200 agents. And now from Broward County to Palm Beach, I'm doing shoots all over. So although I'm not a realtor, I do feel like I've been getting a big sense of what real estate is just because I've been around it so much. I've been hearing all the terms and I've been hearing everything like that. And especially with this market, if you know how everything's going crazy and everyone's buying homes. So everyone's having a field day, which means I'm having a field day since I'm taking photos of so many homes yeah. that are being sold. And uh, I think it's a good time. And I kind of I came to find out that real estate is really similar to the photography business as far as how you handle people, because sure, you can do your ads and things like that. But at the end of the day, when you look for photographers or a referral game, hey, I know a buddy that does photography. Hey, I know a realtor that does, well, I know a realtor, you know? Yeah. And... I think working so closely with so many top realtors has really helped me grow my personal business because just the mindset they have where it's just got to keep going, copy, got to keep going. There's no time to sleep because if you sleep, someone else will take your job. And uh, I think I really developed a serious mindset of hustle when it comes to working alongside these people. Yeah. And the one thing I really do respect about you is like you don't believe in like the nine to five. I feel like I feel like you believe in the 24 seven grind and that every day is a new day and every opportunity you're trying to find or fix someone else's problem. So yeah. it's like, I mean, that's that's where you inevitably get the cash in a way, finding finding problems for other people to fix. And um, also it's like, do you think you would ever get yourself in the real estate as either a seller or investor? I definitely am looking to be a real estate investor moving on. Like 
most of my cash that I make, I pretty much stash away into savings. I think I'm saving around 65% because uh, I live with my parents. I have a simple lifestyle. I drive a Toyota Camry. I didn't get the nice Hellcat. Like I'm, I'm like trying to live as frugal as possible. Um, because yeah, I want to get that cash flow going, and I really don't believe in the nine to five. I almost fell into it though because early end of 2020 it was just getting really tough because I was making a lot of mistakes in business. I wasn't signing contracts. I wasn't um, going about the right. I wasn't charging enough. I was taking on too many clients, too many different types of clients. It was like any mistake that's in the book, I probably did it. And I'm sure I have 10,000 more mistakes to do before I even get anywhere better. Um, and it was just stressful. I was having literally breakdowns every single day at one point. It was like two weeks of straight breakdowns. And it was like, I couldn't handle enough. I was messing up on this thing. I was messing up on that thing because I was just scattered too far thin. And I said, you know what? I'm done. And then I was getting ready to sell all my equipment. I have about $8,000 worth of gear. So I was like, that's going to get me enough to just live normally. And I'll get a job at Chipotle. And I was like, that was literally Shit. throwing the towel <laughs> I was like, bro, this is, I'm done. Because it was, I, I have my mentors, but there's just a certain aspect of just throwing myself in there so fast because right out of high school, I threw myself in the business. I did graduation photo shoots, with got, which got me just enough money to buy a new lighting setup. And I took that lighting setup to a local gym. And then that day they signed me to like do some videos for them. And it was just like snowballed so fast. I didn't even know what was going on. It was too quick. Yeah. And I was all here for it. I love the momentum. But it was like, as my first time really taking this stuff seriously, it was it was it was kind of nerve-wracking and then a lot of people depended on me for different stuff and then i got into facebook ads on top of because i was a yes man and i learned being a yes man is very in high school if you knew me i was a yes man i was like oh whatever it's fine i let things go you can't really carry that into business and i learned that extremely quickly because when you're a yes man sure it's extra money they would say oh here's another thousand dollars just run some ads for me and they get me some leads or here's another five hundred dollars i need you to go all the way to timbuktu to do some video and there's you, when you don't set boundaries, you basically take away your humanity in that sense because you're just a robot at that point. Okay, yes, yes, yes. So I was becoming a yes man. I was doing too much, serving myself too thin, and um, yeah, it, it really just went south because I started messing up on clients. I started messing up on everything that I was doing, and not a single project was good because I wasn't focused in any way. So then, once my last client. Got, got me screwed over basically because I, I, I take full accountability for everything. That's one thing I'm glad that I always did because I could always say, oh, it's their fault, it's their fault, it's their fault, but there's always somewhere to point a finger. But if I said, okay, I could have set more boundaries. I could have scheduled my time a little bit better. I could have worked a little bit harder. There's always something that could have done better. So I take that. And, but when it all went south and I just couldn't, I just kept having breakdowns and panic attacks. Um, yeah, I was like, I was getting ready to sell my, I didn't actually take the photos, but I was getting ready to sell my equipment. I was getting the mindset. I got my, I made my resume for my first time. I never made a resume before. I was like, okay, let's see. I, I did a freelance shoot in Texas. I did this. So it was like a pretty cool resume. I was like, I never actually did that. But I even got rejected from Chipotle regardless. So they didn't even want me. What? They got, I, did, I got rejected. And then it was two days after I got rejected from Chipotle. I got the phone call to meet up with the mentor that essentially signed me to do the real estate shoots. And that was like a huge turning point. And that could have been easily prevented. I could have shot myself in the foot really badly if I just took the phone call and got mad at the person that like was like, oh, I want to hand you off. I could have been like, you messed me up. I lost this much money. I did this, I did that. But you realize that didn't solve anything. Yeah. And like letting your emotions take over never solves a thing except makes you feel like the man. And when you feel like the man, your ego goes up. And when your ego goes up, what do you get? 
yeah. lose relationships at that point. No, that's fair. So when I really humbled my, I took that time to humble myself. And then that was almost like the final test. Like, have you learned your lesson yet? Because I used to have a huge ego and I got nothing done. It was the worst combination because I was like, oh, I just signed a $200 photo shoot. I'm the man, you know, yeah. I, because, and especially not really seeing so much money when I was younger in my own account. Like I never had a job or anything like that. So I didn't know what real money looked like. So seeing $200 in my account, I was like, whoa, I think I've made it. <laughs> no perspective. Yeah. At all. And I think right out of high school was just like, you can't keep doing this anymore because I noticed myself when I was in high school, like I said, my ego was through the roof. And then I noticed I was like drifting away from friendships because I was like, no, if you're not grinding every day either, like I don't want to be with you. And it, was, it was toxic. And I was wow. Like, it was real toxic. And one thing I really like, uh, I'm appreciative of because like my girlfriend really brought me out of that. Cause she was every time I felt my ego going up, she was like, you're not doing shit. Like, what are you doing? Come on. And then I, it annoyed me for the first couple of months. Cause I was like, let me be me. Like, let me do my yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was like, no, you can do way better. Just basically just kept reiterating that in my head. And it was all out of love, though. Don't get me wrong. It was never like, oh, you're a loser. It was just like, stop bullshitting yourself. Yeah. And I guess I've never been so close with someone to actually catch me on my bullshit because I had a lot of it. But no one was close enough to me to say, yo, watch yourself. You're not really doing all this that you say you're doing and things like that. And then she just basically taught me like real accountability and saying, if you're not doing it, then don't say you're doing it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as time went by and you strip all the bullshit away, you realize you're not doing shit. And then that, that was also a big factor. Like when I was getting ready to sell everything, it was like, I realized like I'm still not doing anything. Like I feel like I'm doing some signing all this and I'm doing that, but nothing's really going. Um, so I think the point of all this that I'm saying this whole rant was basically, uh, like when I, when that last thing switched over, it's like, I make sure you learn your lesson or else you can shoot yourself in the foot. And like, there's sometimes doors will close. Like yeah. if I messed up that meeting, that door would have closed. And obviously there's, there's always more opportunity. There's never something to beat yourself up on, but why would you miss out an opportunity if you have the chance to actually get it, you know? Yeah. And like the one thing I like about you is I feel like every person you meet, regardless of the fact you're trying to build connections, you're trying to establish a relationship with the person that can go deeper to the roots rather than just him, but more of like a sporadic kind of just, just build up of people that you're going to meet throughout your life. And, um, I mean, at least with that being said, I mean, what's your best way to kind of get your name out there and really be a people person? I think you said it, be a people person. Yeah. Um, it's really easy to overcomplicate that nice like search on YouTube. What's the best way to gain all these connections? What's the best way to network? And when you really look at the most successful people, especially like I'm going back to real estate because I think real estate's a really cool industry with how you deal with it because it's 100% a people person thing. You People do business that they're friends with. And that's why you see top salesmen, they don't go to a restaurant, they take them to the golf course, they take them on a boat, they have a good time, they're friendships. And then they say, so how about this million dollar contract? But it's a, if they just went up and said, as charismatic as it could be, if they just said, uh, Hey, how about this million dollar contract? As all their sales techniques or whatever, it wouldn't land it unless they're almost buddies with them. It's a lot easier to do something with your trust as well. If you can develop trust with people. Um, yeah, one thing I'm glad that I did right over time though, is I would give expecting nothing in return. It, it's a weird thing because I started to give expecting like, oh, so how about a referral? How about a connection? And then they feel that people aren't stupid. They feel when you're trying to get something out of them. 
Oh, and that's why you, when you see people like give out free bracelets, they're not giving you a free bracelet. They want you to buy their product. They're like, yeah. the perfume, here's some free perfume. It's very transparent and more transparent than we can even think. So when I just started like putting that to the side and I said, just giving because it felt good. And I was like, I like to give. I like to just do whatever I want. If you really need me to be there for you, I'll be there for you. Um, but I wasn't just doing shoots, like a free shoot, expecting like another one. Now, there are times where you do that, but even then it's more... Um, it, that's transparent too. Like if I do a free shoot, I'll say I'm doing a free shoot. If you like me, let's do another one. Oh, wow. but most of my networking really just comes from how are you doing? Is everything okay? How's the family? How's everything going? Do you want some food? Can I buy you some food? You want to go for lunch? You want to just have a good time? And then just being there for someone. And obviously you can't be there for everyone, but that kind of radiates. And then they said, wow, Darian was really there for me. And their friend group's kind of like, oh, I heard Darian was there for our friend. Yeah. And that goes to another tree. And it's, it's crazy what one good connection can do. And it's really good fostering one good connection. And then so I used to be trying to do 100 connections all in like a week and say, hey, 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 dry conversation, dry conversation, whatever. And then, poof, I get forgotten about. Like, they, don't, they forget about me completely because, oh, it was, it was dry. Now I focus on having like one meaningful connection almost like a week. Like I'll try to develop one you can simple as that. But when you can really own some real estate in someone's head and say, wow, they were really there for me. That, that was a special guy. Like he really changed me or like cha helped my, he made my day a little bit better. Um, that's what they talk about. And when you talk about someone, not, Oh, their business was so good, but they're a great person that also does business. Oh wow. I want to do business with them. That sounds like a fun guy yeah. to do business with. So it, it's Smart. really not rocket science. It's really just, um, figuring out how, how to be a decent human. Yeah. At the end which of the day. at the end of the day, yeah, that's the core of everyone. Yeah. Um, so did this mindset start in high school or did it start after high school or even further what, out to college? What part of the mindset? I mean, just like the business hustle entrepreneurship mindset. Like when you that, realize, okay. like when you realized, okay. Like I'm, I'm different from everyone else. I have to like build myself and build my own brand and build my own business. So like I said, going back to high school, I was a yes guy. I was just like, oh, whatever. But it came out of good heart. Like I just wanted to be there for people. It was like almost like being a bitch in a sense. Like I was like, oh, whatever. Like, oh, you messed me up. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was a bitch. But at the same time, I was just like a really nice guy. And you know, nice guys finish last at the end of the day. But there's a certain, you have to be nice to get some stuff done. And so that part really started in high school. And I just, over time, I learned how to not get walked over because I just couldn't stand my ground for anything. And it was really sad. And then once I learned how to stand my ground, that was where just being a functioning human being kind of really started. But as far as the hustle, that started when life basically started. Like after high school and I realized, oh, I need to pay for my car. Oh, I need to pay for my school. Oh, I need to get all this. I don't have mom and dad to really help me like that. They weren't giving me any money. Um, it was just like when life really started. I, I, there's no time to go to the club and have some fun. Like I, I need to eat, like, you know, basically. Like obviously I had my food. I'm not saying I was poor or broken anyway. I still had a nice house, I have a nice family and I, I get food and everything like that. But as far as just realizing what it takes to actually achieve goals because sure, I can move out, I can do whatever I want on my own with the money that I'm making, but I'm also, I want to invest, I want to save, I want to have the winter fund, I want to have things going. And when I learned what a real wealthy person does as far as how much percent of their money they actually spend, 
Now when I'm looking at, sure, I could be doing 50,000 in a year, but if I need to spend 50,000, I need to be making 150,000 so I can put the investments away, the savings away and things like that. So it's a mixture of understanding what building true wealth looked like and just having life hit me in the face that hard where it's like, oh, boom, you lost a client. Oh, boom, car broke down. Oh, boom, you have no more money in the bank account yeah. because you just messed up on this Facebook ads like campaign, have an account linked to it. And then it was just like, I, like I said, stupid mistakes I was making. So account went to zero, car broke down, only had enough money to buy a terrible Mustang that ended up actually blowing on me in three months after spending close to $4,000 on it. And it's just things like that, just like getting yeah. railed in the head. Yeah. Finding out this much information, oh, this is actually going south. Oh, you really don't have this anymore. And then it's just like, can I take it? Like, how much can you take? But you kind of just don't quit. And the reason why I really didn't have it in me to, uh, like, obviously I was going to throw in the towel. But to say, like, I'm going to be a loser and they, like they'll quit the mindset as a whole, I didn't have that just because... Um, I just blanked for a quick second. You good? Yeah, I completely just blanked. What was I saying? <laughs> but um, just to kind of step away from that topic, who 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 really taught you saving, investing, and just just long term fundamentals? It's a good question. Was it off YouTube? Was it off your parents? Or was it just off common sense, just talking to friends? A mixture of a lot of YouTube, definitely. Like Graham Stephan, I was watching a lot of that. Love that man. Uh, there was a lot of, who else? Me, Kevin. I didn't watch too much Me, Kevin. I know of Me, Kevin. I didn't watch too much of him. I was a lot of podcasts. I was definitely listening to a lot of finance podcasts. Uh-huh. And then which later got me into reading a lot of finance books. Like I would definitely read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Four Hour Work Week. Those are good. But then when I started reading a book by Patrick, by David, what was it? Your Next Five Moves. Uh-huh. And just understanding the mindset where you always have to be almost three to five moves ahead of everything you're doing. So just reading a lot of books, that shifted my mindset. And also I had a lot of mentors that were like, okay, you should be doing this with your money. And, but those weren't as much. I, I still struggle sometimes asking for help when I know I need it. That's still part of the ego that I have. But when I do, they'll give me advice and is, but it's definitely like self-educating yourself. So now the way I think I used to think, okay, I'll spend the money and that's gone. But now I think, if I spend this money, how's this really going to affect me in 10 years? Yeah. How's this going to affect my savings account? And then when you learn that it's not about big moves, but like consistency and small steps, like putting a hundred dollars a week away for my savings account, doing little things like that. Uh, and you, you really understand what the snowball looks like if you keep going and then it becomes a whole lot harder to say, let's just go party and blow $300 when that's like kind of your savings account money, or that's like your investing money to put in your yeah. Roth IRA and also a lot of mistakes though, because I realized when I, when I first started making any money, I was really done with it. And I bought like a motorcycle, like a project motorcycle I wanted to build. I would spend money on my friends. I would take everyone out. I'd have a good time. And then when my bank account went to zero after making a couple mistakes, uh, and I learned, and I had to suffer that consequence by buying the Mustang cause it was $1,300. That's all I could afford for a car. I spent $1,300 on a car while I was driving a thousand miles a week for all the real estate shoots and no AC. I had to pop the hood every single day. Cause I had the transmission, the power steering fluid had a leak. So I had to refill the leak every single day. I was blowing money, I was blowing gas. And just that whole, like almost 
like just the this itch is just annoying because you know that if you had the money saved up you could have been all right yeah but knowing that you made that mistake and you messed up for those six months when you were growing money and you blew it all and then that's what you were left with that also cost me an extra four thousand dollars because i was fixing that car up and everything like that and just seeing the real world consequences um that's just kind of like don't do that yeah. again. like i touched the stove that's basically i just touched the stove and now when i go out and have fun like i don't i'm not a i'm not cheap like i refuse to be cheap because like poverty fear of poverty is also a terrible thing you want to stay away from um because that just keeps you in survival mode and you're just like oh i don't want to spend an extra dollar on my cheeseburger when the real things are like just habits you're building habits um so yeah i think when i touch the stove now it's a lot harder for me to just go out and do crazy stuff and yeah. take everyone out to eat and things like that and um also just prioritizing when i learned how to prioritize my finances that was a huge thing like when i learned what do i like and what do i not like and just making that list so what i don't like i'm not a car person like i thought i was i'm not i don't want a loud fast car with blacked out rims and everything like that i just want a car that's safe i'm not a huge foodie i don't care about going to the nicest restaurants like chipotle i'm happy you know like i'm good i'm not a huge foodie but i do like fostering networks and connections so i'll take people out to like all right restaurants that are like what fifteen dollars a plate which is still all right Fair. But then I realized, okay, that's my limit, like 15, max $20 a plate, but normally I keep it $15 a plate and I keep, I, I keep that limit. And then I'm not a huge clothes person. Like you say, I wear a black shirt and jeans. I probably wear this every single day. Like I'm not a crazy clothes person. I like to keep it simple too, uh, because decision fatigue, I get that really easily. So I don't want the nicest, fanciest room. Like my room is basically a couple whiteboards, a desk and a bed. I don't, I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm a minimalist now more, but having that said, I'll buy some more photography equipment if I want to. I'll, I don't have to worry about gas. I doubled my car payment so that I could pay that off in two years. And like, now my more priorities are like, how can I build wealth? How can, get off, how can I get out of my car debt? How can I um, foster actual connections and have a good time? And if I can take a client to a steakhouse and not worry about it, and that'll lend me like a $3,000 deal, it's a, yeah. it's a lot easier to justify that stuff. And obviously just generally like my general happiness because the people that I'm around, we don't like to spend money at all. Like to begin with, like we just have a good time. Sometimes we'll make music. Sometimes we'll have a good time, like playing some basketball. I don't know. When I simplified my life in that sense, now I don't, I'm not, I don't have a fear of poverty, but I just spend money on what I actually like. And I'm very like uh, strict about that. So if some people are going to sushi, I don't feel like having sushi. I'm not going to go. Like I'm not, I'm not a yes person anymore. I'll say, no, I don't feel like going. I'm sorry. Guys. Yeah. We can go. We can go have some fun another day, you know, and learning that it's not the end of the world to miss out on a night. It, it's everything because everyone has that FOMO, like the fear of missing out. And then once you eliminate that, you said that's not going away. Your friends will always be there. The nice places will always be there. Um, what's priority? What's priority right now? And priority is having a big savings account, having my investments done, saving to actually own some real estate later on, things like that. And that's yeah. a lot more fun for me, too. Than just going getting shit faced at a club. Yeah, no, I was um I was just about to say that like like especially like acquiring real estate like that's like that's my prior like that's that's my goal right now. All my savings, all my investing accounts are, are going into my first property, which is going to be either next year or the year after. And I really do plan on buying like either a duplex or a single family and having like my brother rent or my friend rent. So just I have more income, income coming in. So I'm not the only one paying off the mortgage every month 
And I feel like like the true wealth, especially you reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, is to acquire assets. And especially like acquiring homes is like the biggest asset you can get. And especially producing cash flow. I mean, at that at that point, you have passive income, and then you're kind of just living a lavish life. Yeah. Also, the thing about Rich Dad Poor Dad that kind of got me sideways was it's there's a lot of ways to build cash flow and real estate is one of them but i'm pretty sure it said in the book that like passive income really isn't passive though like you know you have to work your face of off course. for passive income and even when you have the passive income you're still managing property so there's always going to be work so i try not to give myself an extra job that's why i don't do day trading i don't do all that stuff because sure there's always money gains and everything if you do it right but uh like what I'm my building my wealth right now is I'm building my business first and working to bring on employees, working to get a warehouse soon, actually getting a system moving. And that's one thing I'm really big on. Like I love systems. I love business systems. I study that a lot. I like to see like how different business models work um, and how to not be like a scummy business owner where you're just greedy and how you can actually pay your employees the right way. Those things are really cool to me. Um, Building wealth in real estate is probably like a step three for me rather than the first thing. Uh, just because I know what business could possibly snowball into. And I have so much time and energy right now that passive income is more like a plan for when I'm 50 rather than for when I'm now. Um, my passive income that I'm working on, because the way I'm managing my wealth is I'm working towards 65 to have like a million dollars by the time I'm 65, then try to have a million dollars by the time I'm 45. And then back time I'm 35 and then try to do I'm 25. So right now I'm working on my Roth IRAs, just getting those set. So by the time I'm 65, well, that's 59 and a half, really. Yeah. Those are set. And then once I have cash flow going for that, then I have the peace of mind, like my retirement is going to be okay. Sure. Then I'll work a little bit closer. Okay. How can we like scale this business a little bit more? How can we get some more properties? How can we do this? And then once that thing's set, then I'll really push it and say, what's the riskiest thing I can do? Because 45 and 65 are already taken care of. And then once those are taken care of, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I have so much more peace of mind because it's a lot easier to take a huge risk when like I, I'll be, I'll could, I'll can put a $500,000 into this uh, new patent type thing. Like though but it could possibly tank, but it could possibly go up. But when I already have 65, I already have the cash dash away for that. I can breathe. So that's my strategy. Okay. You know? Yeah. And especially you going into your twenties next yeah. year, I'm pretty sure 19, yeah. Yeah, I'm 19. is that you have so much freedom to make so many mistakes. And also I watch a lot of like Gary V and mm -hmm. he always preaches how like your twenties through even your early thirties are just learning and just Dude, building connections and just making mistakes, bro. Like that's what see, that's why I love, I like, I love fucking up yes. just so I'm like, I can't fuck up again. Yes, bro. It blows my mind. Like we have, dude, you can buy, you can get money, you can get cars, you can get whatever you want. When you're 55 and you have all that knowledge, though, but you don't have the energy to actually execute what you really want to do, that's why you have 55-year-olds on literally test cycles because they just want yeah. a little bit more energy. And we have them for free. We don't have to. We wake up and our dick is hard, bro. Yeah. It's the best no, thing. No, no exactly. Know? And it's just, we like, why would you want to waste that? Just having fun and having the time of your life and making your account go to zero and going into debt so you can look cool with your friends yeah. when you can literally eat shit, but you're eating shit and you're learning so much. You're learning more than a textbook will ever teach you. Yeah. You know, and when you can spend your energy, then your future self will love you for that one because time passes and it's not about what you've done. It's like, how can you prepare your next future self better? 
mm-hmm. like how can you pay how can you prepare your life better for your future self so that was the biggest when i learned that it's not about your past it was like your future self and like how can you be there like if you if your future self is a person you really looked up to and you just want to please them and do whatever you can what would you do would you give them a terrible body after not working out and would you give them oh you your liver's all messed up because you drank so much and or would you want to Go through the process now that you're going to forget. The pain is going to go away. Like, it's not going to stay there. You're going to have the mental breakdowns. You're going to have everything. You're going to push yourself to the absolute limit. But your kids will be happy. Your kids' kids will be happy. You're just, that's true happiness. When you don't really have to worry about, when you've gone through something and you don't have to worry about it after, you know? So, like, that. I think that's really what pushes me, though, is, like, I, sure, I do this for myself, but, like, in my family there's not really a lot of generational wealth, you know, and I really want to get that started. And I really just want to have my kids grow up knowing their college is going to be okay. They already have investments. They have all these funds. And, uh, yeah, like I, I really think I, I really push for my future kids because I'm going to die. Like I'm going to go away. That's going to be done. But what's really left is my legacy and my legacy. I hope is going to be really big. Well, it will be, I'm confident in that. Yeah, exactly. But it's about not being selfish and being selfless towards your future self and really pushing yourself to the limit and just getting that going. No, yeah, no. And just um, and just to add to that, I mean, right now, like I'm seeing myself as my Roth IRA being my kids like education fund. Exactly. One day. So that's how I see it. So I'm like, OK, well, I need more income and better assets to really achieve my my personal goals, but also kind of get them set up because, again, like I'm. I'm more of like a stretch thinker of like, okay, where, where am I going to be at a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So, I mean, it, I just, it's basically everything you said. And on top of times, that, it, times it's, two. it's almost, it's not even just like, where am I going to be at? But the habits that I'm doing today, I try to, if I do this for the next five years, what is that going to look like? Yeah. You know? And yeah. Because it's at least, it's said that somewhere that um, 95 of our lives are habit based. Not in the beyond just like waking up and going to the gym, but just how do we maneuver certain conversations? How do we like chop our tomatoes? Like how do we do certain things? It's all a habit and we don't even realize how much of stuff is habit. So it's really our habit that drives us forward. So if we can start the habit so early on where, okay, we save this much money. Okay. We treat people with respect no matter who they are. We let things go. We take full accountability and just those types of habits that we build, just treating ourselves the right way, eating good food. And then you multiply that by five years and you can imagine how much that can grow because I think we really underestimate what five years can look like. Yeah. And even 10 years, like 10 years, if we're this young and we look at 28, 29, 30, building great habits like this now, come on, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And if you put that on paper, it's like, of course I would do this if I want to get to this place. But then you actually do it and it's easier said than done. Yeah. And like, that's why I see this being right now. I mean, like, it's just to start from like five years from now. Like, I want to get to like the level of like Joe Rogan, and um, just 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 other great podcastees. So I mean, like, exactly, and you can do it though. Yeah, yeah, and ex- and especially like the one thing I'm not afraid of is rejection and failure. So I feel like most people now don't want to start something because they're like, fuck, I'm gonna fail, or shit, this isn't gonna work out, or what if you think I'm a loser, or what if she thinks I'm this? What if, like I'm just like I block all that out mentally, yeah, and just it's it's it's. It's 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 really a great feeling of just of just realizing that long term I can achieve whatever regardless of the fact that it's either 
my parents got divorced or it's either that I, I don't really have a good connection with the rest of my family, but it's more of just my, my inner self knowing that like I'll succeed regardless of the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you can keep going. But I mean, again, I was just, I, I was going to say like, since you were, since you're going to college right now, wouldn't you think that with all like the time management that you have to spend, wouldn't you want to just go straight to business? Because I mean, you don't need a college degree to start a business. Yeah. So it's like when you said you're going to college, I'm just like, well, you have so much going for you, and you're really <laughs> taking that time out of your day on top of doing those photo shoots, on top of going out to lunches, on top of building those connections, and on top of even being here. Like I just, I just want to know how you balance everything, and especially my second question is like, why are you attending college, and like, what's the for? Yeah. So. Uh, I'm taking college at a slower pace to begin with. I only take three classes max. I'm not going to do four. And I don't need college. College is going to do absolutely nothing for me. Like 100% I'm confident that there's going to be no reason why I went to college. Absolutely none. It's not going to help me in with the resume because I don't even need resumes when you're going to production like that. Yep. Um, I have connections really growing right now and they're all growing and I'm growing more connections every single day. Like everything is on track to be successful. The only reason why I go to college is because I fucked around too much in high school and my GPA wasn't always the greatest and I didn't try my hardest in school. And for me to end my academic career, knowing that I didn't even try, that doesn't sit right with me. And I don't have proper study tactics. I don't have proper study habits. I don't have, I've never got straight A's in my life. Um, and I'm sure people, like there's those entrepreneurs that are like, oh yeah, I, I failed college, I failed high school, like I don't need any of that. But for me, it's like, I just want to know I can do it. Okay. So it's a personal thing yeah. where it's just like, can I bring myself to sit down? Can I get the discipline to really get stuff done? Can I get the discipline to manage all this together? Can I get the discipline to do something that I absolutely hate and dread and still push through? Because like, even with the gym, like I don't like going to the gym sometimes, but I'll still do it. Um... But school is one thing I absolutely hate with a fiery passion. I can't stand anything to do with it. And that's kind of the reason why I like it so much. Because it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing because it's just like this interest in me that I can't like shake. Because I was, I was always like, I hate college. I'm never going to college. Yeah. But then it was like, what if you can get it done? Even though you hate it that much, if I can push through all of that, that, that just has to help me in business at the end of the day because there's going to be days and months and like probably years where the business is going down, tanking down. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have the actual strength to fight through that and get talk to all these people that I hate talking to or do all this paperwork that I don't even want to do and just have that skill to push through, I feel like it's going to be such a huge asset. It's not about, because I want to community college, so it's not even super expensive. Like, it's fine. I have some grants, I have some scholarships. Like, it's, it's okay. It's just that, it's just that, back pocket tool that I want to have oh, because I don't have that. I have a drive. I work hard, but I do everything that I love, which is a great thing. I wake up with a smile. I'm like, Oh, I get to do some photo shoots today and make a lot of money. Like it's a good time. Yeah. But also that, that, that kind of intimidate that's kind of scares me knowing that if I only do what I love, when the point comes where I'm going to have to do like a whole year of something that I hate, there's going to be that time. It's not about if it happens, it's when it happens, it's going to be, the worst period of your life where everything tanks and I, if I don't have that stomach to like push through that like I know I don't have that now what's gonna happen to my family what's gonna happen to everything like 
I, I just, you know, yeah. just put in the back pocket, the tool in the back pocket. Yeah. And especially me, like I just, I have the same mindset you had before. It's like, I hate school. They don't teach you anything. Like, just like besides the fundamentals of like second grade English mm-hmm. really too much. Yeah. It's like, I just, I just can't see myself using trigonometry and yeah. a business perspective. So that's why every class right now I take, I'm just, I, I sleep through it and I'm just working better on myself. I mean, I know I can do it, but it's more of my priorities are right now is just to build up my social media, build up my connections, um, go to the office and just, and just work and grind instead of just having, you know, to get lectured. Yeah. And I feel like school is good at teaching you on how to get a job. Like at the end of the day, it's like school, school preps you for the nine to five. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like if they taught anything about business, finance, entrepreneurship, financial literacy, like anything like that, then I'll be like, what, what'd you say? Yeah. You're listening. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's just, I, I, at this point, especially how it's going into my senior year, I'm just like, put a gun in my head and shoot me. No, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. And dude, I couldn't stand some teachers too, because they would think they have my future set out. They'd be like, oh, if you don't go to college, you're never going to have a good life. Right. And I was like, how much do you make a year? <laughs> and like, I would, I, I asked one of them one time and they're like, that's none of your business. Like it kind of is. Right. Because I want to listen to people I want to be like, you know, simple as that. But I'm a firm believer in how I do anything is how I do everything. And some people don't agree with that. There's everyone has their own opinion on that, but I just know in my life that has really been true because how I do everything is how I do anything is not how I do photography is how I do school. It's like a different type of how, because I do photography because I like it Mm -hmm. and I'm having a good time. So if I'm not having a good time in school, I won't do it. So that's what I believe that quote really comes in. It's like, how I do anything is how I do everything. So if I only do photography when I like it, I'm only going to do school when I like it. I never like school, so I'm never going to do it. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, it, it's really just for me just to have that to say I can do it. And that, that, was, that was another thing, big, thing, big thing about my ego is I would always say, yeah, I can do it. No problem. I don't need to do it because I know I can do it. Where did you say you can do it? Where did you where'd it show it? And I was like, no, yeah. I, I can do it. And that, that's where the ego is disgusting because then you'll think you can do things that you'll never be able to do. So for saying that so long and then saying, I know I can do school. I just won't do it. I kind of just see my repeat of just, can you though? Yeah. And then as I got into school, it showed myself that I couldn't because my first semester of college, I didn't do the best because I didn't try the hardest because I hated it. And it's just like, wow, that's really sad. So it's an internal battle. Yeah. But I feel like, cause is, is this your first semester or second second I, semester? Yeah, I'm done with my second semester. Okay, and then uh, so you're a freshman in college, right? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like even though if you go to junior or senior year and you drop out, I feel like regardless of the fact you're gonna be okay. Oh no, I'll drop out, it, no problem. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm at least my goal is to at least get my AA. Okay. And then after that, if I really want to do the next one, but like I said, it's it's literally not about the degree. It's not about no. I know. That. I know. Not even about the credibility of it. It's literally just. You versus you, you versus yourself. Me versus me. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, we got that established. Um, now, going into this, how did you how did you start a business? Like you started a business at nineteen. Like that's that's yeah. pretty impressive. Yeah. And especially you're talking about getting an office, getting employees. Like, you just want to walk us through that real quick? Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, I I'm nuts when it comes to that stuff. Like I literally the definition of 
throwing your head into the wall and hoping everything will be okay. Yeah. So, um, that's where I'm grateful for my mentors because one of my mentors is Jeff Vespa. And then I think he's worth now a few million dollars and he sold a huge photography business and he's done a lot of cool stuff. So he's been kind of pushing me saying, charge more, do this, do that. And having good business mentors along my side has been the biggest foundation of doing anything right. Because when I can't see a certain bad move that I might make, I'll just say, is this okay? And then they'll be like, no, no, don't do this. So I think coming into business, stick, find a mentor and stick super close with them because there's just such a huge learning curve that even reading all the good business books and even doing all the um, trainings or online courses, nothing really prepares you other than having like someone that you like right by your side, like, am yeah. I doing this okay? Yeah, it's like literally riding a bicycle for the first so, time, that's what it feels like. So how did you approach your mentor in a way of, how, how did you come to the conclusion of like, I need help, teach me the ways? Okay, so cool story. I have three mentors. Two of them live in Florida, one of them lives in Los Angeles. So the way I met the two that live in Florida, um, I was just filming at a park. Everything happened during the whole Storm and Vegas shooting. So that's when I was able to meet a lot of people because, you know, there's a whole influx of like, oh, these people are coming in. Like, how can I help? How can I do this? So I was shooting one of the memorial, a memorial event at, uh, at the park. And the two people were there. They saw me filming, but they didn't want to bother me or whatever. So then they actually literally bumped into one of my friends that she, they knew, like by accident. Like they just walk and look the other way. They bumped into each other. And they had a conversation and the two people were like, hey, that kid's filming. If he needs any help, like give him my card. So my friend tells me like these people are really like really good. They worked at PBS for a while. They have a lot of Emmys. No, they didn't tell me that Emmys. They just said they worked at PBS. Um, and I thought they were these really like huge film Hollywood people. So I called them because I wanted to work on a film for the school. And I'm, I went about it such a wrong way. I called them first conversation said, so I need an $80,000 camera. I need a lighting set. I need all this. If you can get me all this. And I was like, I caught myself. I was, I was like I said, my ego is through the roof. I'm yeah, like, let yeah, me do whatever yeah. I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, who are you? Like, and they're like, let's have a conversation at Starbucks and we'll talk from there. So I meet these two random people at Starbucks. It's like after band practice. And I, I pull up on my longboard and I say, I just like, I'm wearing like a sweatshirt. Like the worst way to pull up to these really high end people, my bad. These really high end people. And uh, we just started talking and they said they they're from Parkland, they want to help out the school in any way. And I said, Yeah, I'm working on this film. They said, We can't give you all the stuff you asked for, but we can come help. We have an extra camera if you want. We can just see what we can do. I was like, okay. They kinda like humbled me a little bit. I was like, Okay, my bad. And so it was originally just, they were just going to help me out with a little film, whatever, whatever they need. But then they realized how many connections I had. Cause like I was really cool with a lot of people in the school. And during that time, you know how they weren't letting any news people into the school at all. Yeah. They're from P they're making a documentary with PBS. They have no way of getting in. They have no connections. I'm their only connection basically. And they were just really, really decent people. Like they were good down to earth people. And like, you can sense that from a mile away. So I was like, these people, like they weren't pushy. They weren't like, we need, you know, some people are aggressive. Like we need to get in. They yeah. get in. No, they were just, I just want to help out. We just want to make a documentary on just showing the good parts of the school. And it really showed they're, they're just really good humans. They're looking out for everyone. So, um, fast forward a little bit. 
I kind of help them with connections. I help them connect with the top of March for our lives. I help them get like um, Joaquin's sister. They got, I don't know if I helped them with Joaquin's sister. Actually. I don't want to put that on a record. Um, but I helped them with a lot of connections. I at least get into the school. They were able to get into the football games. They were able to get in a lot of stuff. And then they realized that like I had a really good way of networking and had a way because not no one really had as much connections as I did in the school except for like probably a few people as far as like being that close to the staff, being that close to all the kids, just being overall just like happy with everyone. Um, so they're like, whoa, you helped us a lot because like they got the film done. It was like really great for them. They go into a lot of film festivals. They got a lot of awards. They're like anything you need, like let us know. And then they would give me a lot of equipment as well because they, they were giving me their old equipment. So I, it was a really great... Um, connection that I got we're having a good time I was editing in their studio and like it was the best thing ever like it was like my dream basically and I was like what 16 at the time um, so we both had strengths and weaknesses that I was surprised that I had strengths that I can help them with because also me being young I was good with social media I can help them with those social media campaigns so it was really fun to work with and we we're just a really great team so that kind of so that wouldn't have started if I didn't have the good connections I don't think so finding the mentor for me was always about having something I can provide as well. Because no one's going to give you your time if you have nothing to give them. Yeah. So now with the third mentor that lives in Los Angeles, we, me and my friends made a project called Stories Untold. And we, my friend had a bunch of news people come to his house and we were like documenting. It was like, Shana Blow, we got 10,000 followers on Twitter. It was a good time. And then this uh, person that was helping out Parkland a lot, his name was Jeff Vespa. And he came to town. He's like, hey, guys, let's make a video or whatever. Let's have some fun. He came to the house. We met. That was the first time we met. And he said, if you guys are ever in Los Angeles, let me know. Um, we ended up getting an award in Los Angeles for that project, which was really cool. And he said, hey, guys, stop by my house. Like, let's have a good time. And he had a whole studio. He had a separate studio. And then he had his house. And he had, like, all these crazy camera gear. He let me hold, like, a really expensive camera. It was a good time. And then he was teaching us all this stuff. Um, he actually gave me my first professional camera, which is a really cool thing and as a gift as a gift Ooh. yeah it was crazy because i was in his closet i was looking at his film closet he has like thousands of dollars worth of cameras and he had this one all the way in the back i was like what are you doing with that camera he's like nothing you can have it just like that and i was like whoa whoa what the heck <laughs> but then when he helped me out with filming he realized that he can trust me with filming so then sometimes he couldn't make it to florida for a shoot like for like a brady campaign or like a non-profit shoot so and he would actually hire me and say, hey, do my video shoots. And he'd rent me all this equipment. It was a good time. And like I said, it, it's just I'm so like sometimes I pinch myself because that's where I see I'm the luckiest person in the world because these people aren't a hound. They're not trying to get anything out of anyone. They have all, they're fine. Like what well, financially they're fine. They have all their projects are good. So for them to like extend their arm and still reach out to me and help me. And almost like I need to keep doing that for other people. And that's why I think I'm always so nice with a lot of people is because if they're that level where they all have their Emmys, they all have their feature films, they've all done everything they want to do, and they still want to extend their arms to like a 19-year-old kid, it's like, who am I to say to someone else, no, I can't help you, I'm too busy? Yeah, exactly. Like, who am I? Exactly. You know, so um, I'm really grateful for those connections. And then, so going back into the business part, yeah. um, there was just certain things I didn't understand as far as contracts go and how all that things go. So and they would kind of walk me through, okay, you need to do this much amount of money. You need to do this, um, form your LLC, then go into an escort once you do a little bit bigger, things like that. And um, I didn't tug their shirt too much as far as like, I need help, I need help because there's a lot of things in business where you just have to figure out on your own. Yeah. Like, as far as like the, the area that you're in, 
how to maneuver certain people. And it was a really big question is like, um, how do I license a video this way? And I was like, oh, then I'll call them. So I, I definitely never abuse them at all because the moment you abuse something, you lose it, you know? So um, as far as business goes though, so I started off in, uh, with the graduation photo shoots and then I made a, about a thousand dollars from that, which gave me enough money to buy a new lighting setup. With that lighting setup, I took myself to, a con I had a connection with this um, person that worked at a new gym. So he said, come over, let's shoot something. And we signed a little deal um, to do a couple of videos for him. And then I ended up making a couple mistakes because obviously I didn't sign anything in paper. Um, he wanted too much from me. There's different things that were just going on. And then I just kept taking on more projects. And then when you get more busy, you kind of learn how to manage and organize things a little bit better. So it's just a little bit more organization, a little more organization. And then when I got with the real estate people, I really learned a little bit about systems and how to automate people coming on, how to automate, like how to get their scheduling app, how to do all that thing, all those things. And it was never like I read a course and boom, I'm in business. It was like, oh, I can do this a little bit better. I can improve on this a little bit better. I can do yeah. this a little bit better. Oh, I don't have enough time. Let me get a, a subcontractor photographer and he can take my shoot for the day. I'll pay him this much. Uh, oh, I don't have enough time for this. How can I delegate this a little bit better? And I'm still in the baby phase as far as like, I don't have any employees. I have a few subcontractors where I can depend on them for photography if I'm too busy, but it's still a really just me thing. But you kind of learn what the different processes in business are, like why you need an extra hand for this, how to do some marketing, how to do a little bit of SEO, how to develop an actual website. Cause you know, when you first start a business, you're every hat, you're the finance guy, you're the CFO, you're, you're the accounting person, you're everything. So when you kind of learn all those hats one by one and you learn, Oh, I can improve this. I can automate this a little bit more. I can automate my finances a little bit better. Oh, I can stash this much, this much money away to later pay for this. Oh, I'm going to make this move, not this move. I did this before. I'm not going to do that. It's really just 1% better every day. And just like, Oh, how can I improve this just a little bit better? That conversation was, it was all right. How can I make that a better conversation next time? Oh, that sales pitch. I think I started on a few words. How can I better make a better sales pitch? How can I do this phone call better? And it's really just taking nuggets from everywhere you go. Pair that with all these looking at your mentors and seeing what they do. How do they run things? Um, I think that that's really the core of how I got the business started. Yeah. And then obviously a lot of YouTube, YouTube university, it's the best thing in the world. YouTube university. <laughs> the best. That's so true. That's real true because half my, not even half, like 99% of my financial knowledge was off of YouTube. Yeah. And just audiobooks, audiobooks, books. Um, yeah, you see, audiobooks I, is a sauce. It, because it, it, it YouTube is. YouTube is good, but when you have like 10 years of knowledge in a single book, bro, what? Yes, and then every time I drive, I swear to God, I put on an audiobook. Like, again, like, I'm like, music can't, like, like music's not going to take me anywhere. Exactly. But this book might give me just one idea yeah. that can further advance my business. Yeah, bro. To the moon. Dude, you're light years ahead. Yeah. You're light years ahead. Like, audiobooks, are, when I found about, like, Audible, bro, sauce. Change. Game changer. Sauce, bro. Game changer. I was like, dude, <laughs> I just learned how to manage a business on a car ride to a shoot. This is the coolest thing in the right? world. Right? And, like, I, before I couldn't do audiobooks because I didn't see a future with it. Okay. I'm not going to, I can't shove knowledge that I know I don't really want to hear in. So, if I'm, if I'm reading a whole book on finance, but I really don't care. I'm still blowing my money and whatever. Like I, I won't read it. But if I see like, I really need to learn how to get better at this. Oh, here's a book on that. And it's so much more fun to listen to because you saw, you're solving problems. 
Yeah. You're like, wow, this is, how did I not know this? Whatever. And it's exciting. Yeah. But if I were to read a book on just a topic that I just have no interest on, but knowing it'll be probably beneficial for me. Like that, like, even though I, I have interest in business structures, books on business structures tend to be very boring because like, oh, you have to manage it this way. Make sure you have two people for accounting and like all this stuff. And it's harder for me to listen to that. But I know when I start getting into it, I start making a lot more mistakes. Then I'll be listening to those books a lot more because I'm like, oh, fuck, it's like a, I yeah. finally found the answer. Yeah. So it's keeping it engaging for me is important. And like allowing myself to not finish a book sometimes. If like, I mean, I'm falling asleep too much at the wheel and I'm just like, yeah, this is not what I really want to hear right now. I'll change the book. Yeah. I'll be okay. Because if I'm not really fully engaged in it, I'm not going to remember anything. So it's like that retention that I have to really watch out for. Yeah. There's no point in reading the book if you're not going to remember it. Like normally I read a book twice before I even consider myself understanding what I read. Because the first part is like, oh, that was a lot of new facts on me. Second part is like, oh, okay, I can apply those facts. Yeah, the understanding factor of it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, just to kind of just finish things off, what are your like final like 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 what does your end game look like, and uh, where do you see yourself five, ten, twenty years from now? Okay. So my end game looks like I'll have everything set up for my kids, as far as like their education will be paid for. They're already gonna have retirement funds ready. Like it's gonna be like I really want to make sure they have all they need to focus on is working hard and getting what they need, their education done in any way education they want to take. Um, I really, I'm trying to find the new scape of media because I eventually I want to start the end end goal. I want to start my own school. That That's a really big goal of mine. School? That's, yeah. Like but private? My own film school. Yeah. Oh, film school. But, um, it wouldn't be like the traditional film school where they kind of teach you the Hollywood basics and you use the biggest cameras. I kind of want to make a film school, which would probably just be another company where I send people out and they can learn their film in a practical way as far as commercial film, as far as just simple advertising. Because a lot of people, they don't really want to make it to the big, big top, top. They just want to have a little business where they can do photo shoots for people. I don't have a place where I can teach like, oh, what are the ins and outs for this type of business? What are the ins and outs for this type of business? Really? The business of photography that's what i'm super interested in, i'm passionate about um yeah i like i said i'm not big of a car person so i really want to drive the nicest cars but if i can afford it like i'll probably get a nicer car but uh just making sure my 65 year old self is going to be okay and my 45 year old self is going to be okay and then just go crazy on my 30 year old and just like if i can blow as much money as possible on a new investment i'll do it take the riskiest investment yeah i won't hinder my other two versions of myself you know yeah i think that that's really the biggest thing is just taking in the right steps do you do um individual stocks do you do mutual funds index so i'm still still learning a lot so yeah when i first got started i dropped like a thousand dollars on individual stocks and that wasn't the smartest because i didn't evaluate the stocks either i just kind of like oh invest in this it's like okay here's two hundred dollars (laughs) and yeah but um that's how I got started, but I when I buy a stock, I'm gonna I plan to hold it for ten years. I'll never sell a stock unless at least ten years. That's like a goal of mine. So the companies I do believe in the companies that I have invested in. Like I think I have QuantumScape where they're working yep. on the new battery. I have uh, Blink where they do the charging for Teslas, and I believe they should be doing more other um, other types of manufacturers. And then I have Exp Realty, which is actually the real estate brokerage. I have a few stocks in them just because 
a cool model and they're partnered with a really cool company where um, they build educational worlds um, almost like think of Roblox but like they have educate where you can sit in seminars online you know, like a 3D yeah. character and that's that's the company that's paired with the EXP stock so like that's really cool so it's not like I didn't just blow money it was like that's kind of cool but I wish I looked at the stock a little bit more before I even just put any skin in the game um, so that's on my sing that's like my Robinhood account and then I have my TD Ameritrade where I have my Roth IRA where I hold my ETF so I have um, what is it? Spy, and I have a few dividend stocks, and then I'm gonna I look to grow that a little bit more. So my ETFs are for long term, and then my individual stocks for short term. Now I feel like if you're looking for a good um, stock just for like the long term, AT and T, because they pay a fat dividend. Dividend three, uh, like six seven percent. Sheesh. So yeah. right, yeah. I mean that's that's what I have right now. And then, I mean, for me, I mean, I do more like, again, I think long term. So I think like EV, electric vehicles, yeah, Tesla, Neo, really Xping, like, like, like all those companies. Cause I'm like long term gas is not sustainable for, you know, yeah. forever. So, I mean, I'll definitely, I'll put more money into like, I believe in quantum scape. That's a really one yes. thing just because it's backed by Bill Gates and Volkswagen and Volkswagen is huge on EV. Exactly. So you see like they, they plan on like making all their cars, which is crazy. Cause they had the worst diesel cars before. <laughs> But, but I feel like you can't have a car company right now that doesn't believe in EV. Like 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 GM, they announced EV. They the went up the like, yeah. Like they literally went up like 57%. Um, and then, and, and especially this year since Tesla, you know, last year they were like chilling at like 100. Mm. High eights right now. Yeah. Peaked. So EV is huge. EV and biotech are two things. Yes. Really, I don't have any biotech stocks, but I look into getting into those. Mm -hmm. Biotech's a huge thing right now. They're they're starting to find some really cool, um, really cool different products that they're making. So yeah, yeah. I think that that's what I'm doing for stocks. And then, like I said, eventually I want to get a property where I can have some cash flow. Um, I just see a better investment for me instead of putting the down payment on the house is more putting money into the business so I can build the system a little bit better before I even put the money into the house. It's, it's like priorities for me right now. Yeah, but I mean, especially with real estate, the one thing I, I really do like about it is like you can have leverage like you've never had before so if you get an fha loan which i'm pretty sure you know it's mm -hmm. like three 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 point five three point two percent down mm -hmm. off of a three of off like a three three hundred thousand dollar house but you're only putting down 10 to 12k well and, then and you're you, controlling you, you'd want at least six months of rent stacked up just in case you can't find a tenant for those months yeah no no of course but but i'm just saying like you can really control that yeah. much wealth with having so little definitely and, and especially with your business i mean I feel like regardless of the fact you're going to get into real estate, just if you own offices, if you own properties, then that's, exactly. you're getting into the commercial real estate. So commercial real estate is looking to skyrocket. Yeah. I'm looking into that just because a lot of businesses from COVID, even though COVID is going to go away, they noticed that warehouses can be a huge uh, factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think warehouses are really cool. I've been looking at them. It's just, it's a big overhead. As far, I mean, if I'm getting 4,000 square feet, I would want to get in probably Boca or something like that. It, plus all the equipment, it's going to look to like close to 6000 5000 a month. Yeah. It's kind of crazy to say as like a 19-year-old, but it's also very doable if you can systematize the right way and actually have your marketing right and have people coming in. But it's all weird until it's done. Yeah. So I'm assuming majority of your, mo of your money is coming from contracting photo shoots. Yeah. So majority, so my majority of my money right now is more 50, 50. So what I do is I do the real estate shoots 
And I did about 15 shoots a week, which is crazy around like Palm Beach and Broward. And then on the weekends, I'll take on a company where I would do social media packages and I'll film like the business, like a, an intro videos to them. Who are they? And that's what I'm trying to grow as well right now. So I'll do a couple thousand here and a couple thousand there. And uh, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to make each client like up to 25%, no more than 25% of my actual total income because I don't like that control that some people can have. Like if you have someone that's making 75% of your income and they say, I need to work on Sundays, you're going to work on Sundays because they basically yeah. own you at that point. But if I can diversify it out a little bit more and say, okay, I have this client, this client, this client, it's something I'm working towards. Yeah. Well, I respect the hustle. I love the game <laughs> and you're, you're fucking doing it, man. You're Good fucking time. doing it. Yeah, man. And I love it. But, um, that's, uh, we're going to wrap it up from here. Any, uh, any final thoughts, any final words? No, man, just trying new stuff every day. It's simple as that. You know, it, it, most things are not rocket science. Like, uh, keep rich that poor dagger in. They always say, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Because it's so easy to overcomplicate and overthink everything. Just start a podcast. Oh. Start a podcast, <laughs> get a single microphone, get a camera, and you're good. Like, yeah. It's really not that complicated. Yeah. Most of it is in your head. You, you just know? need to fucking do it. Yeah, there you, you just need to do it. Oh, man. It's been a pleasure. Hell yeah. Peace.